0: Is up, everybody welcome back to the rewind a show on the wayward world podcast i'm sid and joining me today is the first recurring guest on the show like the, for the like for the first time since a whole year i haven't talked to them in a long yeah. time mj daily mj what's good friend
1: I, the the world i think is pretty good could be a lot better
0: oh yeah but that's uh, it, what's <laughs> yeah it's it's awful like nothing chi- like, oh god Nothing's changed, yeah. and at the same time, everything has changed since the last yeah. time we talked. Yeah. Isn't that like, crazy?
1: Oh my god, it, it's wild! Like right before we started recording, both of us were just saying, "It's been a when? When did we? When did we last talk? When did we record? September of last year. Oh god, it's yeah. been a year, like mm-hmm. a full ass year." Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it does, it, like you said, everything's changed, but also nothing's changed. It's so <laughs> it's just really bizarre. We're
0: <laughs> yeah, and now you're on a brand new show. Well, not really brand new, but it's like. Uh, a reboot, a spiritual successor, I guess. Spin
1: off spin-off series.
0: I guess, yeah, you can call that. It's the
1: Frasier to your cheers.
0: Yes. I, I really <laughs> hope this show becomes Frasier. Yeah, that god, was great...
1: I want every show to become Frasier.
0: Yeah, I love <laughs> Frasier so much. Oh so my god. Good. I I distinctive distinctively have like a core memory of the one episode where he was a clown and he oh. I think like he gave his father a heart attack. Do you remember? Oh that? Oh my
1: god, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> like I remember like just dying. That when I was a child. Like my mom watched it a lot, so I remember that episode specifically.
1: Good taste, good taste.
0: Yeah. Also, MJ, it mm. it's not reflective like today because it's September. But by the time this comes out, it will be October, and there will be twenty eight days until Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just barf? Like, was that like? Cheesy? No, that
1: was a that was a that was a a combination of a and yeah. uh and a
0: ha 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 okay dope put together
1: it sounds a little barfy i make a lot of sounds that don't really make sense outside Mm -hmm. of my own head
0: yeah okay (laughs) that's i i get that you know like i feel like i talk to myself a lot and people are are like what are you what are you saying i'm like i'm just trying to like have a discussion with the man upstairs you know (laughs) or the person upstairs i guess um MJ, for the uninitiated at home, tell them who, the, who you are and what you do. And um, I guess, like, the big question of, like, bringing guests back now is, like, what has been up with you? Like, what yeah. have you been doing the last y- year?
1: Last year? Again, so weird to hear that. Hello, all. Yeah, I'm, I'm MJ. And as, as Sid said, I'm back. Mm-hmm. I'm back uh, we met in college God I can't remember what year this this happened last time too again we don't yeah. remember exactly when it was we met
0: it was 2018 during the Spokane Damn. when in when kC ACTF was in Spokane Washington and was you it were- during
1: it K- I always think it was before Casey and then it's no. never before Casey.
0: Yeah, I was just super friendly and we just talked at Casey, <laughs> that that was it. <laughs> like that, and, we met there and we're like, oh, a friend from Eastern Washington University. Like I love yeah, Eastern yeah. Washington University. I think they have the best theater program in Spokane, Washington. Oh, so. you
1: flatter, but I did love, my Eastern has a great theater program. I, I was really lucky to be, you know, a part mm-hmm. of that. Um, but yeah, uh, in case you couldn't tell, theater artist. Um, mostly do acting um, And oh hey This kind of ties into What have I been doing uh, for the last year I'm in the Seattle area now I'm trying to do the actor thing And I feel like I'm having some success wow. um, Yeah uh, Just this summer I did a show With Seattle Shakespeare Company which Whoa
0: was,
1: Yeah which was like my, my goal Like I really wanted to work with The Seattle Shakespeare Company And I did Comedy of Errors um, with their oh, wooden yeah. O, their like uh, summer summer tour. and it was it was such an eye-opening experience for like so many, so many different th- ways. It was really fun. Uh, there were only five people, like five actors uh. doing a comedy of errors. It was super intense. I played both of the antiphiluses mm-hmm. and they're oh, like I didn't go off stage till act three. It was great.
0: <laughs> wow. That's great. I mean, it's so good. It's so nice to hear that you're still doing theater and uh, you know, speaking of theater very briefly uh, with your friend, you also did a podcast. Yeah. Oh, trying to, trying to steal my limelight. Oh my God. For a moment.
1: Yeah. yeah. Jonah and I, we had a project. It's not completely dead. Okay. but it's <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not dead, you know we haven't uploaded not... in months but yeah we haven't
1: uploaded in months and um we we still have like shows that we want to do life just got you know it, it happened like we stopped as soon as I started getting theater work again and you know scheduling got more difficult etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm. um it was actually really funny the other day we were we just finished watching something what? together, Jonah what? and I. What? what was this podcast
0: called? By oh, the way?
1: that's right. Maybe I should clarify for people. <laughs> um, my friend uh, Jonah, best friend Jonah from Eastern Washington University, as well. Um, we had a, a project that started off as a joke, but very quickly became like, "What if we actually did this?" Um, a podcast that we call Bopper Flop. That we just we just listen to a musical, we take notes on it, and then we just have a song by song go through every track, talk about what we like, what we don't like, and at the end we decide if the show as a whole is a bop or flop. And I don't remember we got like thirty twenty. I don't remember how many we did. got you got a good chunk in there. Yeah, and we again we have like plans to do more. Um, I think we <laughs> we left off. On the first half of Natasha Pierre and the great comet of 18 1812? Yeah.
0: I think 19, so. Um, 18, when I was looking when I was looking at your like your thing, it, it was so funny because like in the description it was it, it wrote, and we're back, you know. And we're not. <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that. And he's like, well, okay, then you're gone, you yeah, know. Yeah, no,
1: I've got I've got the second half in my computer and I mm. honestly should just go through it and post it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other day, Jonah and I again, I don't remember what it was we were doing, but we we had plans to do something, something fell through, and then we decided to just record Jonah angrily talking about how much he hates Andrew Lloyd Weber's oh. new Cinderella.
0: Oh geez, is it the one that's on Amazon or like oh no, he, like, but that oh. one's
1: bad too. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, um. Andrew Lloyd Webber did a reimagining of Cinderella um, starring Carrie Hope Fletcher. And she's wonderful. Um, just the the who. It's, it's not a great show. And yeah. Jonah, I, I haven't listened to the whole thing, but Jonah listened to the whole thing a couple times. And he just, he really hated it. So he said, "Let's record this. This is the bonus, possibly farewell episode of Bobber Flop, and it's just <laughs> going to be Jonah yelling about how much he hates Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella and me asking him to clarify <laughs> various statements." Yeah, yeah, I was. I'm, it was a good time, and yeah, we, we might we might get back to it. It's just going to yeah. be once once I figure out what my life is doing, what my schedules are like etc it is mostly on me because I have an unpredictable schedule
0: oh that's fine I mean I I'm very curious to learn more about for Flop because like like I said you you guys made it like after your experience on my show Mm -hmm. and I thought it was like very humbling that you guys like started a podcast and I was like oh that's cool you know like you know the speed the seeds are spreading you know like to (laughs) other people um what I'm very curious like oh before I like ask you the question like I just want to say like that show very cute. Also, like like you, you guys have like really legit like criticisms, and I love love listening to that. But mm-hmm. like, it's so cute in the way that it's structured, like a a play. <laughs> you know, like from the moment you see like the ushers and like you know like mm-hmm. the the Broadway news like portion of it, like yeah. and like the theming. I just like theming. You know, I'm going love a
1: consistent theme.
0: I, I love going to I'm going to Disneyland on Halloween. So this is a
1: count. Oh. like
0: Halloween, Disneyland, too. So, you know, I'm all about the theming. So I was like, I I love that. It's so amazing. Yeah. Um, that was
1: definitely Jonah. Jonah wanted wanted some theming.
0: Nice. But the question <laughs> I have for you is like, what did that podcast meant to you during a time where because it came out last year, it started last mm-hmm. year. What did it mean to you during a time when there was no theater?
1: Oh, wow. It was, it it was like kind of a lifeboat for me, quite honestly. Um, You know, we we started that, oh God, like how many months into the pandemic? I don't even know how many months into the pandemic we started that. Hmm. But it was, you know, at the time where there was like no theater happening at all. There was, you know, some virtual productions, people doing like radio play style stuff, But, you know, on the whole, there was really no, you know, there was no live theater happening and going from an environment where I was doing theater 24-7 to just nothing was incredibly jarring and having like set time in the week for like a conversation with my friend for a couple of hours where we're just going to, you know, goof off and have a good time, that gave me some structure that I really, really needed. Like I, my, my schedule (laughs) fell apart. I did not have a schedule through like a a good chunk of, of the pandemic. And knowing that every week I had to like, okay, somebody else is depending on me. I need to listen to this. I need to focus. I need to take some notes. I need to be ready for my friend. We're going to have a great time. And then afterwards editing it, you know, it, it gave me like three distinct things to do this week. And, you know, it sounds really crazy because, you know, I'd come from working like 12 hour days, 12 to 14 hour days, just, you know, working my ass off with a thousand things to do all at the same time. And I was handling it pretty well, definitely stressed out, but I could handle it to nothing, to just three relatively straightforward tasks, like, it was almost difficult to, like, manage, because my, my brain was in such a disordered, disorganized, like, place, that something as little as, you know, like, like two hours, you know, to listen to a show, two hours to talk to Jonah and then like three hours to, you know, um, edit it. Just that at times like felt almost overwhelming, which sounds so crazy. Cause that's, you know, that's like less than 10 hours in a full week. But, you know, coming from such a wild spot in my mental health and then doing that, while it was really difficult, and I had to like push myself to do it at times. It was absolutely necessary like i i needed that i really needed that and yeah i'm i'm very happy that it happened and jonah i think jonah and i we have a a really great friendship where we both know like each other's limits you know how like you know you, you can push each other as friends you want to be able to challenge each other but you know ideally you won't be you know stepping on any toes crossing over any lines um And I think, you know, Jonah and I have talked enough and known each other long enough that we kind of know when to push each other and how hard to push each other. And Jonah was the one to like push me to do that. And I'm very glad he did.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's inevitably what this podcast was for me. I mean, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like I lost theater too. Uh, I mean, obviously we kind of all did. Um, But then I didn't really have any creative outlet and realizing that this what this show has been able to do for me like over a year now we've been doing (laughs) we've been uh, uploading stuff it's it's just kind of crazy um to have something this consistent and like it's genuinely like fun and it's really cool to like just talk to other people whether they're brand new or old guests or you know reactions to stuff like i realized like oh wow it's actually really fun to like make reaction videos <laughs> and stuff like that like which is we've uploaded a few of those we've um yeah. we did a reaction to the playstation showcase and
1: mm-hmm.
0: um to the spider-man trailer so those were really fun to do and they were like really easy <laughs> like like yeah, uh, once i figured out like you know the editing and like how quickly i can do it i'm able to like push those out super easy yeah. um and it was really fascinating because like you return to the world of theater afterwards um, once things yeah. open. Meanwhile, me, I'm sticking to this. You know, like oh, I'm yeah, at, like hosting and um, like just being a, a content creator. I think like that's yeah. way cooler. Like being independent and stuff like that.
1: No, that's super cool. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's something everyone kind of learned about themselves in the pandemic. Like everyone was like, "I need a hobby," and mm-hmm. then suddenly oh no, I'm good at this. And I love to do this. And mm. I'm just going to stick with this forever, maybe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hold, hold that thought about thinking about yourself during the pandemic, because okay. this is the rewind. It's part of the Wayward World podcast. It's a show where each and every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, I sit with a wayward artist as they talk about someone or something they're thankful for or whatever it is I want to talk about. It's If you like this show, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, rate and review the audio version of the show on podcast services around the world, and support us on Patreon to help keep the lights on, the lights and mics on, and to make sure we achieve worldwide domination. Special thanks to Jared Petty of the Top 100 Gaming Podcast and Pockets Full of Soup for being my podcast dad. There we go. (laughs) That's the script. That's what I had to pull out.
1: (laughs) Get the the read in there.
0: Yeah. So, MJ, um, (laughs) Mm. talking about finding ourselves here. The reason why I wanted to bring you on uh, as the first Mm -hmm. return guest on the show is you went through a big revelation with yourself during the pandemic. And um, before you talk about it, I just want to like acknowledge that like this is a safe space. So Mm -hmm. talk about as much as you want um, and whatever you're comfortable with talking about Um, on TikTok and, you know, like talking with you on um, like texting and stuff like that, I learned that you just recently came out, um, Mm -hmm. which is I think it's incredible. When people come out, like it's uh, not to like make it about me, like this portion because I want to know a little That's bit. That's okay. About you.
1: Go go make it, it about you for a moment because yeah. I'm about to go on about me. So have, <laughs> have your humor. All right.
0: Yeah. It's just like it's so hard to do that, especially mm-hmm. like when you're a kid and like from the Middle East where they kill you for that. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like it took so long to be able to be as comfortable as I am right now, and like to, to get to the point where I came out to my father, and it didn't really turn out well. Now mm-hmm. I feel, I feel like I don't have a secret to hide about being queer. <laughs> and I'm curious to know a little bit about like, what was going, what's going on through your head now that you made this new revelation about yourself?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, for, for those of you who don't personally know me um, I very recently, I, I would say I'm like 80% out because <laughs> yeah. like, you know, all of my friends are very safe people, like 100% queer affirming celebratory, like 100% pride. Um, So I'm out to, you know, everyone in the theater world, all my friends, Um, I've not told my parents, not because I'm like, I must keep it a secret from them and they'll never know. But I also am like, I don't know if I wanna just bring this up. I don't know if I even said what I came out as. Oh my God, hello, I'm a non-binary person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, non-binary, I use they, them, she, her. And honestly, I think I might as well just add he, him in there. I'm kind of at a point where, okay, someone described it as gender is real in the way that Wednesday is real. (laughs) <laughs> it's like obviously we know wednesday that's part of the week we have things we're going to do on wednesday but yeah. you know what really is wednesday other than this socially constructed thing we use to keep track of a nebulous time thing
0: yeah also we made yeah. we, we made wednesday like the middle of the week too
1: like yeah what is that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so i'm like yeah, my, my my gender is Wednesday in, in that way. Um, and I, even now, I like, you know, I know everyone kind of struggles with like what to label themselves as, you know, like some people don't want to use any labels at all. Some people are like, no, this is my label. I'm sticking to it. Um, so I, I kind of just use the term non-binary because... i <sighs> <I'm> just... <laughs> Maybe the better term is gender apathetic. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, uh, just to maybe help you out here, personally, I've been exploring my own gender identity. Oh, yeah? yeah, I use he, they pronouns. Oh. Um, I've had I had an intense dream. I like, And I've been having a lot of intense dreams lately where mm-hmm. I literally yelled at someone and said I was non-binary myself. <laughs> and I was just like, is that like, should I believe that dream? But also I've had dreams where I've like killed people and like, am I a serial killer? <laughs> There's you like, know like you know like what is that what does that like, all mean
1: sometimes my subconscious is trying to tell me things other times i think it's just making up a lot of bullshit yeah so. exactly.
0: like, <laughs> i'm definitely exploring the gender fluid slash mm-hmm. non-binary like realm and it's like it's hard to describe because like i feel comfortable either way like um
1: yeah
0: i i you know, people have called me girl, like, especially with like the long hair, like there mm-hmm. was a, uh, at my work at the front desk, someone literally called me a lady, like face to face. I was like, that was, that, that's kind of shocking. Is it because mm-hmm. like, I have like my, you know, like my, <laughs> my tits, you know, or do I look like a woman right now? Like I, that's not, mm-hmm. that wasn't the intention, but like, I didn't feel bad that they called yeah. me that, you know, like they weren't like misgendering me. So like, I, I just thought like, yeah, that was very interesting. And I also have a high mm-hmm. register when I talk on the phone.
1: Yeah. And yeah. so there's
0: like, oh, yeah, hey, ma'am, how's it going? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm good. How about you? I don't even correct them.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, I think for me, that's like one of the first things that kind of like should have tipped me off that mm-hmm. uh, mayhap I'm not a sis. Yeah, Um, <laughs> I, I remember being really young and like not really caring, mm-hmm. like, you know, when when everyone's like super little, you you can barely tell, you know, like, you know, we assign, you know, an arbitrary gender to someone at birth. And when you're like, you know, seven years old, the only way that anyone can really, you know, tell the gender that you are going by is long hair, Mm -hmm. skirt or dress, pink or blue. Like there's, you know, not a whole lot difference. And I had people think that I was like a boy occasionally. And I was like, don't care. All right. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was just like a fully, fully normal thing. And I think when like, you know, younger people also who aren't as like set in their ways also probably would be naturally more open to that anyways. But, you know, as I grew up, I just continued to realize I didn't care. And my, I made a joke about it on TikTok. Like, Moments I should have known that I'm, you know, a gender non-conforming person oh, when a small child stood up in a jack in the box, pointed at me and yelled, mommy, is that a boy or a girl? And my reaction was, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and at that time, I didn't know. Yeah. But uh, to, uh, another moment, I guess people are calling it egg egg moment. Oh. Yeah, I've heard that on TikTok because I'm on TikTok now. I'm a TikTok old. Me Um,
0: too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: What was I saying? Oh, I've found myself. Um, (laughs) Yet again. (laughs) I I started doing like drag. I have like a, you know, a drag king persona. Mm -hmm. Um, His name's Lucas Prince. He's, oh, he's, he's kind of a dick, but, you know. He's hot. He's ah, he I've seen him. <laughs> and, and obviously, you know, drag takes any kind of form. People of all gender and sexual orientations can enjoy it and can express themselves in literally any way they feel. <laughs> um, but for me particularly, I think I should have taken that as a sign that I yeah. wasn't cis. Um, and even like stepping even further back, I remember my was my first year my my first or second year of college when i was at eastern i don't i don't remember what what compelled me to do this but somewhere along the way i learned what a binder was and i was just like well isn't that interesting maybe i'll just get one for fun you know (laughs) oh my god and oh for a little bit more background, I'll, I'll probably dig into this more. Um, I grew up in a very uh, conservative, um, both like religiously and politically conservative mm-hmm. family. Um, and I was, you know, not, not at all queer affirming. Um, and I was very sheltered. I only met queer people once I, I think I got to, like my junior or sophomore year of high school. And I knew like, you know, two guys who were out, they were gay. And then one person, I, I think they identify as non-binary now. I'm not entirely sure. When when I met them, um, they used he, him pronouns. I, I believe they use they and he now. Um, those were the only people, like three people in, in my entire life until I was, you know, like my junior year of high school no idea really what queerness was. My entire opinion on, on queerness was informed by whoops, uh, the Bible and really outdated ideas. Um, So that's like kind of where I was. And at that point in time, I outright was absolutely homophobic. Like I, at the time fully believed that if you were trans if you were gay, you know, anything under the queer umbrella. I, at that time, fully believed it was morally wrong, and you're going to hell, and I'm very glad I have learned otherwise, but that was me in my sophomore year of college, just like, what if I just buy a binder, and what if I just wear it sometimes, because it feels nice. That doesn't mean anything. (laughs) And it was so funny, like, you know, that, that experience happened. And I only wore it a couple of times, you know, like out because at the time I was still like going to a church on campus and the majority of my friends were still, you know, pretty religious and conservative. So I was like, can't let them see this. But I went to the one time I like wore it to a class. I wore it just for like two hours at a creative writing class. And that was like the only time I, I ever wore it out in public. And I felt like really, really self-conscious just because I was like, what if somebody who I know sees me? And I like ran right back to my dorm afterwards. But, you know, that was like a, I think the very first moment that I thought just, just maybe, just maybe something's up, <laughs> but it wasn't until... It wasn't it was theater really that broke me out of that mindset. Like I, I started theater in my, my junior year of college. And in between like the, the summer, I had like shaved off the, the bottom of my hair. I did like a full undercut. And I remember, you know, walking up like these this these stairs up to um a classroom. And someone who I'd met briefly last year stopped me and said, oh, hi, you know, how are you? It's good to see. You. I'm glad you've joined the program. I was like, yeah, thank you so much. And then she was like, oh, yeah, before I go, because she was like on her way out, she's like, what are your pronouns? And he went, oh, she, her. And then she went, okay, just checking, then left. And I was like, isn't that nice? I'm glad <laughs> she checked. Yeah. They haven't changed, but isn't that nice? Yeah. And I was like, hmm, mm hmm. And then... Uh, another one of uh, somebody else who I, I'd met the year before also said, "Oh, I 100 thought, <laughs> oh, you shaved off all your hair and figured out that you were queer. I just assumed you were from that <laughs> point on." And she's like, "And I'm shocked to learn that that you're not." And I was like, "Yeah, I don't know. Guess I'm just not." And it was <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> it was a joke through for, through my entire time at college that uh, MJ is queer bait.
0: <laughs> oh my this god. Just no big deal. Like to be frank with you, MJ, like that's mm-hmm. what I thought too when I first saw.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I was just like, yeah, this person they they they're queer. Like I'm I'm getting mm-hmm. a gaydar sense, you know, like oh yeah out. But then I was like, wait, they're straight, huh? I was like, and they do drag? And I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> yeah, that's like- cool, like revolutionary, go off, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like isn't uh. that But isn't like stuff like that, like just really interesting, like Mm -hmm. to look back on it and just be like, man, there were so many clues here. Like for me, I always, uh, for me, I always go back to like being 14 and being super like into like these two brothers, like that were, Mm -hmm. that were at the time close friends with me. And I was just like, (laughs) man, I really like these guys really, really (laughs) like them. And, you know, when they became like assholes, eventually I, it broke my heart. Like it actually made me sad like depressed cry and I'm like, why am oh. I being so sad right now? Like, this is never like, pe- like my friends have like, I've had friends who left me before, mm-hmm. you know, it, it didn't bug me this much. And then, you know, lo and behold, I was just in love with them. <laughs> yeah. Cause they looked we, right. We
1: figured it out. Yeah. yeah. Like it's so, it, it's so weird. All the moments that you look back, like uh, another huge one. Um, I think at, like we were saying gaydar, queers know other queers, even if they don't know they're queer. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I actually, I need to talk to all of them. Uh, I had a group of, like, four or five-ish friends um, from, like, middle school to high school, um, from, like, my church that I, I was raised in. And we were all like, oh, we're just the weird kids. You know, we're just weird. We, you know we're kind of off in the corner doing our own thing. Mm -hmm. And on like the day when everyone's moving up and like the new, the middle schoolers are now in high school, we'd always find like the kid who didn't like have a group and looked very lost and terrified. And we'd be like, yes, come here, come join (laughs) us. And we made a lot of jokes about how we're just, we're weird, we're quirky, we're different. Mm -hmm. And then like the year after we graduated high school and then for like every year or so after, I found out that one of them was queer, wow. like <laughs> every, not every single one of them, but of like four, was it four of four of like the main, no, five of the, of my main friends, four of them were queer. We, you know, I don't know how uh, one of them is queer. I haven't talked to her and like had that conversation, but, on on you know during pride month she was like happy pride i'm also queer i'm like oh my god yes and then we we stopped talking but yeah i was like wow all my all my church friends are queer Mm -hmm. and i was still just like oh well i guess i'm just the one who's not (laughs)
0: so funny. MJ, I do have a question for you. Um, Because mm-hmm. we talked a lot about, like, you know, signs from when we were younger of, like, when mm-hmm. we were queer. I'm very curious to, uh, to ask you, what was that lightning ball moment? Like, oh, I dropped my pendant. I usually have like, okay. a little stim thing. Um, oh, yeah. uh, what was the moment for you? Like, uh, I think you came out this year. Was that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was the moment for you this year where you kind of step your, your foot down and you're like, no, MJ, this is... This is who you actually are.
1: This is, I feel like this is possibly the nerdiest thing ever.
0: <laughs> um, Go ahead.
1: Cause it's, it's. I had like my like firm realization mm-hmm. but it was kind of a slow burn from like three or four years before. Um, when What year was it? I think it might've been when I was like 19. I was playing a game of Dungeons and Dragons. There we go. With yeah, with some of my high school friends. We all know the gays love D and
0: D. Oh yeah, um, I actually it's also,
1: know. Oh my god. Of so, I have a, a friend group from D and D. There were five of us. Yeah, five of us. So far as I know, I think I think one of them is is not. But again, four of the five queer. Three of the five are non-binary. It just feels like a high ratio. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so I was playing a game of DD. It was a one-shot. We were on a train and we had to like stop a heist. So we're, you know, running through the train, getting some bad guys. And the DM, Jackson Johnson, love that guy. Um, <clears throat> oh, don't mind me. Uh, he introduced an NPC. He was narrating this scene. We like walked into a train car and there was a person behind the counter, like, you know, doing the bartender thing, pouring drinks, polishing glasses. And he said, you walk up to them. They're this very, you know, an androgynous looking sort of a figure. Their hair is swapped over to one side and they've got one bright green eye, one red eye. And they're very charming. They're, you know, they're really you know, talkative. Their name was Drennan. And that was the first time I ever heard they as a singular identity pronoun really first time I ever heard it when like, I was like 19
0: this when you're a nine, like in the last like two or three well I guess if it was three years ago like was it three years ago
1: I think it was even farther I think
0: yeah.
1: I think I was 19 at the time so it would have been like six years ago at this point
0: okay yeah I guess that I, makes sense like mm-hmm. I guess the the term they granted like I'm sure it's been there for a much longer time it's just I think yeah. it's recently shown prevalence like in the last like year or two, but I think oh, yeah. six years, even like something as like being gay or trans, like mm-hmm. wasn't really quote unquote the norm yeah. in society or ex- like quote unquote accepted. And I, I put quotes yeah. because like, you know, depending on where you are. <laughs> it's still not, not
1: unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Um, but that was the first time I ever heard of a person with a non-binary identity. Hmm. And I remember in the game, I just love them. I was like, Drennan's great. I love this NPC. And I don't really know why, because like they they were a fun character. They were friendly. They were charismatic, but they weren't like the Boblin, the goblin with a bag full (laughs) of spoons. You know, Mm -hmm. they weren't incredibly memorable. And after the game, it was a really great time. I, I talked to Jackson. I was like, Hey, Jackson, do you mind? I, I, for some reason I really really liked Drennan would you mind if I turned them into a player character for myself and he was like yeah go ahead take them and I was like awesome thanks and so I just had Drennan like a character sheet just written up just ready to be used at some point point. and um I still haven't used them as a player character but I have used them as an NPC in some of my games um but I always had Drennan just there just just chilling in the little sheet and then I don't know what got me thinking about it over the pandemic, but I I can't, I can't tell you what event made me go, huh, maybe I need to examine myself. But somehow I began to examine myself and I was like really thinking like, why am I, am I non-binary? Do I, is this internalized misogyny? Do I just, is it that I am not a woman or is it that I hate the way that women are treated in society so much that I want to escape womanhood? Like, what what is this? And I think generally it's not inter Like for most people, I don't think it's internalized misogyny. I, I feel like that's another like suppressive tactic people use mm. to, you know, squish queer people down. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought about that a lot. And I, you know, pushed that out of my head. I was like, no, that's that's not it. And I was really just, you know, thinking about it, you know, in my head, like, I, I think maybe this is what I am. Maybe is, is that, is this what I am? And I talked to, um, one of my friends, Jamie, they're also gender nonconforming, And we had lots of conversations like, you know, how how did you figure out? And they had a kind of similar journey of just like, just happened. I just, you know it, it, i discovered it and then um my best like one of my other best friends Lizzie. she you know she's a trans woman she also came out over the pandemic and we had lots of i had lots of conversations with her like you know Lizzie, how the hell did you figure this out <laughs> yeah. and she's like i i just had to it took time and then one day i was planning a d d session and I was writing all this stuff. I'm like, hmm, I need an NPC to put in this in this scenario for my players. And I was like, oh, Drennan's been sitting around. Let me use them. I love them. And then I was like, oh, my God, that's why I'm obsessed with Drennan. No. <laughs> but also, yes. yes. Oh my God. The and it's so it's so wild because <laughs> D D, you know, a fantasy tabletop RPG. Was like the thing that made me realize it, mm-hmm. and that I'm I'm very thankful for for D D. Like if if you can't y'all say, have
0: you, you can't say thankful on this episode, you
1: can't
0: <gasps> not this one. No, I'm joking. No, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs>
1: um God, yeah, but D D. Oh, what a great thing it can be. Yeah, like obviously there are gamer spaces that are really gross and toxic, but it is such a great place to just explore, you mm-hmm. know, because a lot of the times we think we're just exploring a character, but sometimes maybe you're exploring yourself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think what's great about D D compared to other like board games, even video games, honestly, mm-hmm. um, is the, the freedom of like, you're really inserting yourself into this character, like in oh, yeah. your world and your experiences, at least like, you know, I I love D D from far away because mm-hmm. like I don't have any friends <laughs> to actually like commit to it, but um like I I admire it because like you I see a lot of people like create their own scenarios, create their own rules and stuff like that, and like that's really cool and like it 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 makes sense to me. I'm I'm hundred mm-hmm. percent sure. You know, um, she kills monsters because oh, <laughs> yeah. like because like I think that's what happens. Like, not necessarily, like, it, it was spoken. It's like, oh, yeah, I discovered my queerness through Dungeons & Dragons. Like, I think, like, there was a lot of queerness that I don't think. Like, there was definitely. There's a lot of queerness in that play. And, oh, yeah. uh, and you know, that play is, like, about exploration of youth mm-hmm. and, like, you know, finding out about your dead sister through this video game. <laughs> but, yeah. like, but, like, you know, it makes sense to me that, like, you know, not only Dungeons & Dragons a place where you're like acting, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like you also, you know, theater kind of helped. You said yeah. a, a little bit too. Oh, how is theater? How is theater? How's your perspective on theater? Has it changed at all since you uh, came out? Like, has I it unlocked think, something new?
1: I think it, it it just kind of went to further affirm. Oh, there's a very loud motorcycle outside my window. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think it's changed an, an incredible amount it's kind of I guess deepened my appreciation for it because you know like I said I don't I don't think I would have come to this realization you know without it I I might have just kind of lived in that unknown space for the rest of my life with something you know nagging me in the back of my head or if I did figure out it would have been you know way later and I probably wouldn't have the support system like You know, theater gave me a place where one, it could break down my toxic ideas of sexuality and gender because I was surrounded by queer people. And it for like, honestly, like in the very beginning, it was kind of shocking to me because I was not, you know, again, there's not like there's really a difference between queer people and and non-queer people when it comes to just, you know, base interaction you know it's it's a human being you know Mm -hmm. that's that's what it is but i guess i'll say having that like meta knowledge of a person i was like oh i'm talking to a gay person whoa which is ridiculous sounding now but you know that's how it felt in the beginning but very quickly i learned you know all these ideas that i had of queer people were just either entirely false or some weird warping of, you know, of a truth, something, you know, that was good, that got twisted up in religion to make it sound bad. And I think, you know, it it broke down all those ideas that were in my head. And it showed me like, you know, like I came into contact with some of the most like understanding and empathetic people I've ever met. And many of them are still, you know, close friends of mine. And, you know, one, they, they provided the, you know, first step for me to, I, you know, reassess myself and also, you know, (laughs) we're the, we're the, the net in case I, you know, were to fall because I know that, you know, again, I, I'm going to come out to my family eventually. And I, honestly don't know how they're going to react. I kind of imagine it's going to be a, oh, oh, that's wrong, but you're our daughter, so we'll always love you. And I'll just be like, oh God, I mean, um, at least you're not disowning me, but, uh." but I know like, even if it's, you know, an absolute explosion and I, for some reason, could never be a part of like you know my biological birth family I know I have people I can turn to no mm-hmm. matter what and yeah. theater theater gave me that
0: yeah you know yeah. like uh love him or hate him RuPaul like has a really good <laughs> <laughs> quote where it's like you know as queer people uh we get to choose our families you know yeah. like we um and yeah it sounds like you have a really important support system that loves yeah. and respects you even if your parents don't um like even if your parents won't actually I, sh- I, I won't yeah. say don't because we don't know what's gonna yeah, happen yeah
1: we, we don't know yeah.
0: yeah but um you know t- talking about my own experience because yeah I grew up like uh in the conservative area of Islam like the the, the Texas um Mississippi like <laughs> area Saudi Arabia yeah it's like the, the religious capital of, of Islam
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I'm what I'm very grateful is the fact that I have like my dual citizenship so I'm mm-hmm. Saudi American and you know my mom she was a punk rocker you know like she <laughs> met like a bunch of people and like one of her best friends was gay um he passed away a couple of years ago but um he I I knew him and I knew he was like ho- like homosexual mm-hmm. and when I became a teenager and then you know my mom left and I didn't have that side to like contact any with anymore. Mm -hmm. I was exploring it with myself and like, I didn't like resent like my family or even like the people I knew from my mom's side. And so when I was like thinking about being queer, first of all, I was just straight up like, how do you not,
1: gay I knew not something about guys oh the denial and the the guilt and the well
0: it wasn't just that it was just like I know there's the death penalty for gay people Mm -hmm. like there's literally nobody you can talk to about this like without like raising suspicion and so there was a lot of exploring like that but also just like thinking to myself I'm like well how many gay people that I do I know and I was like oh yeah I do know Chuck for example i i know him he's gay and you know he's not all these stereotypes that i hear about queer people of like Mm -hmm. you know being child predators and like just like little boys or stuff something weird like that he was generally a good guy and every time we hung out like even as a kid like i really liked chuck um and then the internet happened and i meet (laughs) like my online internet friends from like the United States and Canada, you know, the leftovers. Everybody knows who the leftovers <laughs> are uh, on this show. Um, and you know, two of them in particular, you know, Jericho, and then we also had Richard, uh, yeah. were both gay. Um, Richard at the time, he was more bisexual, but then later he identified as gay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love them more than the people that I knew in real life, you know, yeah. like the people that didn't know who i was (laughs) like in a lot of aspects like even before like coming out to myself and stuff like that like they didn't even know things about my family that i was like too ashamed to like talk about Mm -hmm. and i one day like i was 16 years old i was just sitting there and having this conversation with myself again about being at least bisexual and i just told myself like look you love these two people Uh, like they're important um pillars of your life what does that say about them? If you're not willing to like, accept yourself, you know? And I was just like, yeah, it sounds like you're being hypocrite. (laughs) Like it sounds like (laughs) you're lying to yourself. If you you're going to accept them Mm -hmm. being queer, but not your own self. It's like, that's sus, man. And so like, (laughs) I came out as bi. uh, But even then I was just like, you know what? I'm going to acknowledge that I like guys but no sex. I'm not doing that.
1: Mm You know, that's gross.
0: I don't want to have sex with men.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, I I can. it's not like that serious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And
0: And then like, you know, for me, like with theater and then like meeting other queer people, like for the first time, I was just like, oh wait, I get to explore this a little bit more. And then I realized Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm gay. Holy shit. (laughs) Cause like, and then like by that point, um, I've only kissed men. I've never kissed a woman before or a non-binary person. So I was just like, "Oh wow!" Like my my ratio here <laughs> is like feels
1: like a sign.
0: Yeah. So I and then like even later on, like in the last two or three years, like I've I'm more like my sexual for sexuality wise, I'm more queer to like uh, be more affirming to like non-binary and Mm -hmm. trans people because like I've had a lot of attractions towards trans and non-binary people not in Mm -hmm. the oh yeah like trans people are like my fetish or something like that it's just like you know it just so happens the people I have crushes on they're all (laughs) trans
1: yeah you
0: know or like they're all it
1: just it just happens Mm. yeah
0: and so like uh, that that led to like also me questioning my gender identity a little bit too Mm -hmm. I was just like am I different mm. <laughs> you know am I better than everyone else you know I'm, I'm just right. copying <laughs>
1: TikTok references.
0: yeah so like it I'm very grateful to have those two sides because like I can't mm. after like the conversation I had with my father about being gay because I told him um I had a fight with my mom which was in retrospect was a dumb fight but I called my dad and I told him what happened and he like he heard me and my mom arguing and stuff like that over the phone and I ended up like just like hiding in this closet right here, like right inside. And that's when uh-huh. I told him that. Uh, when I told wow. him that I was gay, and like you know, he was you know he was loving and supportive, but like he just straight up didn't accept it. Yeah, like, it was just a denial. And you know, you can't write this shit. Like I was literally I literally, got out like, of the closet in the closet. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Like, and my father was the last person to to tell. You know, I mean, like, you always come out every single time you meet someone new. But, mm-hmm. um, like, as far as, like, important people, like, my father was the last one uh, yeah. to tell. And it was just like, wow, that was a secret we've been hiding since I was 16.
1: Whew. Yeah.
0: And um, to this day, I don't really talk to him anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, it's more, I don't like, there's a lot of stuff. And I in my episode of the, like, Wayward Artist in a Wayward World, I talked mm-hmm. about, um, some of the things, some of the gaslighting things that I went through with my fa- own father to, to the point, like, you know, when we had the phone call the next day, like I, I realized it now everything was starting to piece together. And, you know, he even mentioned like, you know, we'll get you help, you know? Ooh. And I was Ooh, like, oh. yeah, it's mm. like, I'm so glad that I didn't tell him, uh, as a 16 year old, all this, cause God. Like, you know, can you imagine like, you I, know,
1: that could have been awful. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Dangerous.
0: So, you know, to this day, I don't talk to him because I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear his like complaining. You know, I, yeah. I have the, I have the button, I have the keys to the car now and, I, and I'm like 28 years old, so I don't have to listen to this if I don't want to. So, yeah. um, yeah, I don't know what it's going to be like with your parents. I guess like the only yeah. advice I can give you is just that, you know, you don't owe them anything, you know, yeah. like
1: that's, that's something that I've had to, you know, kind of, um, figure out as well like in some of my you know fear and hesitation with you know coming to terms with being non-binary was very much informed by just what will my family think mm. what will they think like oh my god and it took me a long time to get myself out of just the you know not letting them you know their their beliefs inform like my freaking thoughts like, I was like, okay, well, I can't let them, you know, dictate how I'm thinking about myself for God's sakes. So I, you know, got past that barrier, but then there's still the barrier of getting past what they think and actually doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, it's been weird. Cause like my aunt, uh, she knows, I love my auntie Joy. She's the best. She's basically just me but born like a couple decades earlier yeah she, uh, she's a say uh auntie joy you're the best um so you know she knows she's fully affirming celebrates it um and then i feel like i feel like my younger sister has an idea because she's she's gen z like okay. full gen z gen z knows what's up like i know mm-hmm. we we poo poo on Gen Z a lot. I guess I'm kind of Gen Z too, but you know, I'm I'm on the line, but she's like true Gen Z. They know what's up. Oh my God. They're, they're doing. (sighs)
0: She probably looks at you the same way. Like me and everyone else looked at you like, wait, (laughs) you're not (laughs) good. I I
1: think, I think she knows that I'm queer. She doesn't know in what flavor. I don't know what flavor of the rainbow I am, but I think she probably knows and I think of anyone in my, like, immediate family, she'd be the one to be fully, you know, accepting of it. Again, mm-hmm. I just, you know, haven't talked to her about it. I'm not incredibly close with all of my siblings. Um, not like, ugh, I hate them. We just didn't grow up talking to each other a whole lot, so we've continued to not talk to each other a whole lot as adults. Um, but I, I, I like, know that my family, like, my, especially my parents... Um, and, uh, one of my younger brothers, I don't know, like, their full-blown morality take on it, but I do know they don't understand, or they don't, they don't accept the idea that someone can be neither man nor woman. Like, that's just not in their heads. To them, gender is a strict binary, and once you're in one, you're locked, you know, their sex is gender, gender is sex, and it's fixed. And I, I know for a fact that is their, at least my parents view, and I think the majority of my family's view on, on, on uh, gender identity. So I have been very cautious of it. And I, oh, this was another moment. I think I must've been like 13 or 14 when I first heard the term androgynous and I was like, wow, what a cool thing to, to look like not really a man or a woman just kind of in between and they can't tell. Ooh, that's really neat. Again, shouldn't (laughs) should have caught on sooner. But I remember, I don't know how I learned the term, but I I remember learning the term. I was just like looking through something online of just like, androgynous clothing style blah 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 and I found like somebody's slideshow presentation on like the history of androgynous clothing in America and how it ties into like the politics of this and this and that it was very interesting and I remember telling like bringing it up in conversation with like my mom and dad it was just like oh yeah I learned about this thing it's very interesting and my dad like went Bam on it, and was like, that's not real. They're trying to erase gender, and they're there, it's gonna ruin the family unit. It's gonna ruin this, it's gonna ruin that. And I was like, I think it's just a fashion thing. Because again, I just yeah. I just discovered this. I didn't really know what it was either. Like, I think it's just fashion, you know, it's it's not really saying they're not. a a man or not a woman I think they just like to dress in between and my dad's like well that's a slippery slope that leads to this and this and that and I was as a kid I was like I don't know I guess that's right but it sounds kind of weird it it doesn't feel quite right but I I guess I what do I know yeah (laughs) um and I I remember you know coming out of that conversation feeling very defeated and again I I a moment where I should have known like if if I If it truly didn't matter to me, if, you know, my kind of bigoted beliefs were truly the right beliefs, I would have just agreed and forgotten and, you know, not, not cared about it. But that conversation like cut me real deep. And I didn't know why Mm. I was just like, why do my parents think this thing is so bad? And why do I feel terrible right now? Like (laughs) It was it was such an odd moment. I think that was like the first like really distinct moment. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that, oh god, there's just so, so I could say so many times in my life. Oh, yeah. Also, my favorite YouTubers, uh like growing up, uh, some of my favorite ones aside from like, you know, comedy and whatnot. Um, what's her name? Uh Steph San, Sanyati, I think is her her name. Um trans youtuber she does um like you know mostly like let's talk and do makeup and whatnot and she talked like a lot of her um a lot of her platform was talking about like hey i've been you know on estrogen for nine months and update 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 and i remember watching it being just like wow isn't it great that this person can just do this with their life that's very interesting (laughs) (laughs) and then another youtuber called uh jammy dodger jamie he you know also same kind of thing a lot of queer commentary um his transition process and again i was just like wow he's he's real neat i'm i'm glad he's doing that for himself and it (laughs) didn't didn't click in my head then Mm. and it's it's so funny looking back and just being like you dumb idiot (laughs) why didn't you see it earlier
0: Yeah, I guess a lot of of that, at least like from my perspective, it comes from being from that conservative, like, Mm. uh, background. It's just like, you don't want, you don't want to admit it. You know, like you, you see the signs and you're like, you, who are you going to talk to about any of this stuff? Like, at the time, like, maybe, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a a little bit older than you. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I didn't like grow up with a lot of like queer representation and how old are you i'm 25 yeah 25 okay yeah
1: yeah a couple couple years enough years that the internet and geography would have made a a a difference in our upbringing
0: yeah i feel like if i was a kid at like in this day and age like i think it would have been so much easier to like oh my god figure a lot of this stuff out but like back then like you don't have all this like like uh representation and you're just sitting there like with these thoughts that you were mm-hmm. grown up to th- growing up, like you were thinking, like, Oh yeah, this is bad to be thinking this way. Who am oh, I gonna yeah. talk to? Who am I gonna talk to about any of this stuff? <laughs> and mm-hmm. then you meet like that's when you meet other people, like you know, my friends online and you know, your experience with D and theater yeah. and stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah, the the wheels are the wheels are clicking now. Um <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the other thing was like with those guys, is like one day they were at my house and like we kissed on the lips. You know, Ooh. and like and it was just like one of those things like, you know, in Arabic tradition, like kissing on the forehead or like even on the like the cheeks, mm-hmm. you know, like was a sign of like respect. You know, I yeah. I give I've given my friends like forehead kisses like those are to me. It's not like a term of like, you know, sex. I'm in love yeah. with you. Like, I was like, oh no, I respect you. Like this is a- yeah,
1: this is just like friendship yeah. and, and-
0: Friendship kiss. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, a little forehead friendship kiss.
0: Yeah. I mean, um... honestly,
1: it's very sweet. I, I love it when there are cultures because the like American culture is so tied to physical contact equals sex, yeah. which is not true. I love hearing like, and seeing people of yeah. other cultures embracing like physicality as, mm-hmm. you know, appreciation for someone yeah. in a non-sexual way. Yeah. because especially- yeah, we do wonderful. it,
0: we do it especially for old people because like you, um, you gotta respect yeah. those. Uh but anyway, like no, our kiss was on the lips, you know, <laughs> like it was straight up. And I was like, I kissed him and I was like, and he was like, Yeah, this is like all right, whatever. And then in my mind, I was like, Yeah, this is uh like speaking the words, I was like, Yeah, this is all right, whatever. In my mind, I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> there's something there's something wrong here
1: <laughs> the glass is shattering in your mind
0: yeah i was like this i could not have liked this a lot more than i like, like <laughs>
1: oh my god i just i just thought of something so, <laughs> oh my god
0: um so this is um twenty twenty
1: nineteen. 2019 uh i had an internship with a theater in northern california and mm-hmm. we did like an educational like kids show like that toured through um toured through schools. And I played like a bunch of different silly characters. It was a good time. And at one point in time, I played like a 12 year old boy and I was like wearing joggers and I had like a bomber jacket and I like had, I had an undercut and I like pulled it back into a little tiny little man bun. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was just like, ah, just another day of (laughs) cross-dressing. I do that all the time. Um, And it was just, you know, it's in a silly kid's show. I'm not thinking about it. And um, our stage manager, Remy, who actually is like, I think the first non-binary person I ever met, uh, they would be like sitting there, you know, pressing buttons on the soundboard, doing cues. And after like a week or so of the run, (laughs) Remy one day in the van as we were driving back said... You know what my favorite part of the show is, and I said, "What's what's your favorite part of the show?" And they said, "My favorite part is when MJ walks out as a boy, and I look out over the sea of third and fourth graders, and I can see the glass in their mind shattering." Okay, oh, <laughs> it's like you have you have probably unintentionally exposed thousands of like young people. In Northern California to the concept of queerness.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. I was like,
1: I never thought about that. And then after that, I started like looking for it. Mm -hmm. And without fail, every show, I would see like one kid with like, their eyes would get huge. And then they'd like whisper to their friend, they'd like point at me. And I would occasionally hear like, wait, is she a boy? Is he a boy? Wait, whoa and i was like yeah. oh my god they're gonna they're figuring it out yeah representation matters yeah
0: but also they probably went back home and their mom and dad were like assholes about it probably
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, probably a lot of them there was a big big rural community
0: yeah um, i want to th- i want to talk about cross-dressing here or more specifically yeah. drag um let's,
1: let's talk about it yeah
0: i've seen you perform and yeah. you i'm sure we both know Faye. You yeah, know, I love Faye. Oh, I love I, Faye. Yeah, I dated Faye. <laughs> oh
1: my god. Yeah, we actually
0: talk about we talk about it in the episode too. But like, I love. Real? Faye. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, it was during ACTF actually. <laughs>
1: that,
0: that time when you were doing drag, like,
1: wef, was, yeah, crossover well, event,
0: crossover cross-dress. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, I'm very curious about Lucas Prince. Mm-hmm. What, as somebody who you know, you say that like. At the time, yeah, I, I wasn't coming out. Like, I I like I didn't come out as non-binary until, like, this year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What made you want to do Lucas Prince?
1: Uh, again, I can't pinpoint the first thing. I don't know when I was first exposed to, like, drag performance. Mm-hmm. I think I was always just kind of, you know, aware of it to some degree. Like, you know, picked up little hints of it in in media. Um, I think I I I knew what drag was like in probably high school, I think that's when I actually learned what drag was. And it was, again, through theater because everyone's putting on makeup. Just, you know, everyone has to put the pancake face on, everyone's got the eyeliner. And somehow, you know, drag queens just entered the conversation because of makeup, men wearing makeup. And I was like, huh, interesting. (laughs) And it wasn't until college that I realized, oh, it's not just drag queens. It's not just a cis man, you know, embodying a woman. It is any gender expression, any person of any gender identity expressing any other gender identity. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, and I remember looking up, I think it's like a Vice video or something talking about drag king clubs in tel aviv oh yeah i I guess there's
0: yeah
1: exactly there's like apparently a it's like pretty secretive and very like insular but there is a relatively thriving drag scene in in tel aviv apparently and a lot of them are you know drag kings and i remember watching that and being like whoa i didn't know this was an option (laughs) wow and one day I just took my stage makeup and started drawing on some you know chunky contour lines and I was like, this is fun. Oh, I like this. And you know, I was like grabbing. I at that point I already had like a, a couple of you know menswear items in my wardrobe. Right now it's pretty pretty split 50-50 between menswear and womenswear. but I had a, a couple of like menswear items, and I was like, okay, okay, let's let's do this. And I haha, don't do this kids bound with duct tape. Oh, jeez. Do not do that. It's really bad for your skin. Yeah. Uh, everyone, even if it's only temp, like for a, a couple of hours, just bind safely, please.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, drag queens, they uh, oh, tuck God, with duct yo, tape. Oh, yeah, yes. That's, that's even worse. I can't imagine
1: what that's like. That's yeah.
0: well, That just feels
1: really un- like it'd be really uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, like, you know, we can ask Faye like next time <laughs> and see what she, how she does it.
1: Oh, well, not God. see it.
0: No, we don't want <laughs> <it>, to <but like,
1: laughs> ask some purely theoretical technical questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so I just kind of started, you know, in like in my dorm room, like, you know, slapping some, some makeup on my face. Um, and I also had like, you know, uh, I'd actually gotten rid of the binder that I'd, I'd gotten the binder, like that binder that I wore like twice. I'd gotten that rid of that one because I was like, no, never again will I do that. <laughs> never again may I cross dress. <laughs> and So I was like, damn, I don't have it anymore. Um, but I just, I remember I would spend like quite a long time just kind of staring at myself in the mirror. Just like, what does this mean does does this mean anything because like this is me but it's but it's a character but obviously it's me within that character but I'd be okay if I was this character other than he's kind of a a douchebag he doesn't have the best personality (laughs) um um, but I'm like I kind of had like the thought like if if this were just me, if I was just somebody named Lucas, who everyone perceived as a man, mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like I'd be okay with that. And that was a, a big realization as well. Just being like, huh. Sure, that doesn't mean anything.
0: Yeah, <laughs> We'll deal with that trauma later. <laughs>
1: we'll, we'll deal with all of that, those repressed uh, things later. Um, but yeah, drag kind of became i think that was like when i first began to actively explore you know gender expression it was still not like reaching the point of gender identity yet but it was definitely my first steps and what led me to feel comfortable with a you know a a more masculine um you know presentation because you know again given the family that i was raised in i i never really you know liked uh you know traditionally feminine things I wasn't like opposed to it but it was just like I don't really want to wear a dress because I can't jump and kick in my dress Mm -hmm. and I just want to wear pants right now or no I will be very loud I don't care if women aren't supposed to be loud Mm -hmm. uh you know all those sorts of you know old school this is what women should be this is what men should be and I was very still thoroughly entrenched in this is how I act as a woman and I wasn't comfortable in in those super rigid you know like rules about femininity but doing drag made me kind of feel okay with the fact that I didn't want to express myself that way anymore. Like, I had the urge to not express myself in that, you know, feminine, feminine way anymore. But I felt, like, guilty if I didn't. Because I was like, that's that's what I'm supposed to do. And drag helped me be like, hey, you don't feel that way. And that's fine. You can just decide to not act that way anymore. Because that's what it is. It's an act. It's, it's, it's not really what you want to be doing so drag definitely you know helped along with that and which then eventually led me to be able to question the identity behind the expression Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah I I think what's really interesting about drag again dipping into RuPaul's Drag Race (laughs) uh, again um like talking about how political drag can be or like you know how people have like been able to like find themselves through drag like it It goes, like, what's really great to me about RuPaul's Drag Race, you know, like, despite, again, RuPaul,
1: because, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I
0: I think, like, it would be kind of cool if RuPaul came on the show, but also, (laughs) like, you know, RuPaul, a lot of stuff with him. But, like, the show got got some beef. (laughs) Yeah, but the show in general, I enjoy it a lot because, like, you know, it just showcases, like, this is more than just, like, men pretending to be women. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so much more than that. You know, yeah. it's like it's empowering. It's like identity. It's queer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different than like yeah. w- what you'll see elsewhere. And you know, I, it totally makes sense that you're able to like find yourself through yeah. this character. Like, and eventually, like the pieces like kind of came <laughs> together. Eventually, like, sure, you didn't figure it out that that moment, but like mm-hmm. it, it was it was there for you to like explore and like to yeah. find yourself. I'm very curious. Do you still do drag? Like, uh, do you I have mean- plans?
1: I would really like to, you know, right now, just, you know, because of like the a pandemic environment, it's kind of difficult. Um, I will occasionally, you know, I still got like my, you know, stage makeup. It's really old and I shouldn't be using it anymore, but.
0: That's <laughs> right. No judgments.
1: I think all drag artists have like just that old, old makeup. They shouldn't be using, but they still use it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've definitely like, you know, done some practice on on stuff and, you know, um, I still have an interest in doing it. It's just, you know, finding the, the time, the environment, you know, to, to reenter that space. I'm, I'm really hoping that, you know, once things, you know, begin to settle back into, you know, some, some sense of pre-2020 normalcy, um, hopefully I'll be able to, you know, get back into like, you know, performing or at least just, you know, being surrounded by people who actively engage in drag, um, yeah. That's, that's kind of where I'm at
0: with that right now. Nice. I hope you do. Cause I really liked you. I, I remember your performance. I think <laughs> uh, like, were you the one like in phase like presentation, like was it like, was there a person with like Velcro uh, like that was performing with you? I could be wrong. No, no you performed, was... you performed with Evelyn. Elstein. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Evelyn's also a friend of mine that they were on uh, my show, Dog Seas God, which we yeah. won't talk about anymore. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that show. It was like, what, three years ago? We're done with it. Um
1: Yeah. MJ,
0: mm-hmm. we're kind of getting towards the end here. I'm going to ask yeah. you, I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked uh, Faye here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's, again, on RuPaul's Drag Race, again, <laughs> um, they have always this segment towards like the final four. Where mm-hmm. they bring like a picture. I don't have a picture, so pretend like this is a picture of you right now. It's this M&M bag. <laughs> um, this is little MJ, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: from look at them. You know, like ten years. <laughs> look at them, yeah, two. Them. <laughs> um, that's a little MJ, ten years old. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want to tell that MJ right now? Like, what's <sighs> one thing you want to tell him that you know hmm. about yourself right now? <sighs>
1: You don't have to feel guilty about any of it. What do you mean? Like, I remember as a young kid, I I questioned like religion. I, I describe myself as a a faithful person. I have a I have a lot of beef with the Protestant Church, um, but my beliefs I would say still fall under Christianity. But. At a young age, I remember doubting, you know, that, you know, my, the religious beliefs I was, you know, brought up in. Um, I, you know, questioned, am I, you know, when I was young, like, am I like a bad kid? Like, because I was super, like, super rambunctious, not not able to focus super well. And now I know, now I'm like 95% sure it was ADHD, and it was all just emotional dysregulation. Like I thought I'm like, I'm like a bad kid. Cause I, I can't focus and I'll just like cry and scream and freak out. And I can't tell anyone why. And I felt bad. Cause I'm like, no, I'm smart. I should be able to tell everyone why I feel this way. And I can't. So obviously I'm just messed up. And then, you know, same thing like, you know, with uh, like when I began questioning gender identity and you know, what, you know, what, what I was and stuff like, you know, feeling like I I wanted to be loud and rowdy and like play with guys and people would like shame me for having fun, (laughs) you know, for God's sakes. And, you know, all, all these things and and so many others from a very young age, I definitely felt just kind of guilty for my general existence. Like it, it kind of felt you know, like all the things I enjoyed about life and about myself were somehow wrong. You know, even little things like, you know, I do like sketching, like, you know, digital artwork and stuff. And I, I, I had somehow a lot of like spooky influence, very Burton-esque and like creepy creatures and whatnot. And I, I loved, I loved drawing creepy, creepy animals like Xenomorph from alien. Oh, beautiful. Oh, she's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Lesbian icon.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Mother. <laughs> and I would, you know, draw stuff kind of, kind of in that, in that vein. And my parents would like look at it and be like, Oh God, why are you drawing that? That's creepy. And I was like, I don't know. I just I like it. And like, I would, you know, I started like listening to like, like metal rock music. And my dad literally said, I feel like there's something wrong with her. Women don't like that kind of music. And I had all the, like, all, like, literally the thing, all of the things that I remember brought me joy in my life. I questioned constantly because I was told over and over again that they were somehow either morally wrong outright or just wrong for my gender or my, you know, perceived gender at the time. And you know, knowing what I know now, I still carry a lot of that guilt. There's still lots of things that I need to break down, but knowing what I know now, if I could just, you know, tell my younger self and somehow make my younger self believe that none of it's wrong, you don't have to feel bad for it. Like, you know, even if I was just a cis straight person for the rest of my life and I just, you know, no matter the person that I became the person I was shouldn't have had to feel guilty about any of it. Mm -hmm. And I think a, a, a lot of kids feel that way because, you know, they don't have the knowledge that we have now. When, when somebody tells them, don't do that, they don't have Fifteen years of experience and an entire life in their heads that they've made this. State, you know, I've made the mistake a, a million times. So when I say, "Hey, kid, don't do that," I'm not saying, "Child, that's an inherently wrong action. Do not do that." I am replaying all the things in my head that I messed up, and oh God, I wish I'd known that. And I tell this little kid with absolutely no context, and they're going to question their existence, maybe. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what I was, you know, growing up, just questioning my entire existence and feeling like there was something just inherently wrong with me. Yeah. And now I know that I didn't need to feel that way. And obviously I can't, you know, erase it, but I I try to, especially with young kids, just try to make everyone you know understand that you you don't have to feel guilty about who you just are Mm -hmm. I mean that's for goodness sakes that's pride
0: (laughs) yeah exactly I mean like um going back to like the kids and stuff like you know there was this one kid who had long hair and he got mistaken for a girl every time and I just told him uh, dude you know, if someone like asked if you're a girl to, or, or something like that. Just say like, "Am I a pretty girl?" Like SpongeBob, you know. Like, <laughs> Am I a pretty girl? Yeah. yeah essentially, because <laughs> like that's what I like. That's what I kind of tell people too. Is like if they think mm-hmm. I'm a girl, I'm just like, "Am I hot? <laughs> <laughs> Do you like it?" Or something like that. You know. Um, yeah. I I don't I don't want to like get angry about like ah oh, this person called me a girl that sucks girls suck I was mm-hmm. like no girls are yeah. amazing I love girls like mm-hmm. girls are way better than men. Like gay men, <laughs> gay men for me are what, you know, s- straight men are to women. You know, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, you know, like, it's like, ugh, you, you guys, uh, like yeah. this, this must, this must be exactly what straight women go through <laughs> on a daily basis. But anyway, I, I want to go back to like, you know, you feeling like shame and stuff like that mm-hmm. real quick, because like, you know, it's sad because like, mm-hmm. that's religion to me. Like yeah, that's, God. Like, you know, that's conservative religion. And, you know, like, there are the good people who are just like, you know, oh, yeah, we're religious, but also we're very accepting of the LGBTQ. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm, I'm grateful for that. The, tr- the truth of the matter is, like, a lot of the sub- subtext of religion, like, and a lot of people don't give that space to, like, their children. And, like, they yeah. end up, like like, feeling that way. And mm-hmm. it sucks. Like, it really, it truly sucks. Because, like, you know, you get people like us, you know, who have no space to like talk mm-hmm. about these certain things either we were shut down because of it or it's you know you literally couldn't talk about it without the risk of death you know or you something know. like God. crazy like that it's just like it it's awful and I'm very mm-hmm. uh um, for me right now like I'm agnostic because of it like I don't even believe mm-hmm. in Islam anymore
1: yeah
0: I haven't been a Muslim since I was 16 really mm-hmm. like I mean I it it, kind of like progressively, like, you know, I'll I'll pray once in a while when I'm like Mm -hmm. 16 and like uh, fast and stuff like that. But once I got to the States, I was just like, yeah, I noticed I haven't prayed for a whole year and now it's been like (laughs) eight or nine years and I haven't like fast or like done any of the Islamic stuff. And like, I don't care, Mm -hmm. you know, like I don't um, I I'm agnostic. I believe there's like probably something that's bigger and greater than us out there. Like, maybe they don't really know what's going on because mm-hmm. like you know if they did and they had the power to stop maybe they know what's oh, going on really this. Yeah. maybe they maybe they know what's going on and they don't have the power to stop it
1: mm-hmm. you know maybe I they're not know. that
0: powerful that would be crazy <laughs> that, <laughs> that would be the-
1: wild imagine if somehow we found out there was some like supernatural being who just was like sitting on the sidelines like oh, i know how this is gonna pan out i've I've seen the past well, they, and future. I well, exist they probably, in all spaces and I can't do nothing about it.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the other thing is like, I don't even think like, at least my God, like, or at least uh, whoever spirit, I believe, like, I don't even think they know how we turn out. It's like the Sims, you know, literally, <laughs> you know, like God's just like hanging out like on his computer and like, you know. He deletes the pool like he deletes the ladder <laughs> on the pool like... the
1: ladder right <laughs> it's now like... that's what this 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 last year has felt like this last year has felt like God is playing Sims and he just deleted the ladder to the pool yeah
0: or you know he has a virus in his computer and it just like fucked everything up literally oh, but like yeah. you know, um I guess the one piece of advice I'd give you like mm-hmm. going into that you know one day you're gonna have to confront your parents like I I, Mm -hmm. like I said earlier it's just like you have so many people that love you MJ like you are truly an amazing person and Mm. if your parents make you feel that like less than they don't deserve to have you Um, Mm -hmm. just know that like when when the time comes whether like this thing blows up or they Mm -hmm. see it or something like that just know that at the end of the day you are one of the best people I know. Like, I'm not joking. Like, I thought you were so cool when I first saw you. I was a little bit intimidated. But then like, you were just like dorky and stuff. And I was like, my God,
1: I've been told by a lot of people that I'm intimidating.
0: Cause you and look I'm so like, you are You are incredibly cool. I swear to God, like wow, the hair, cool. like the dress, like the androgyny of it all. Like you just look, you excel coolness. I just like, I look like a dork. Yeah. But like, yeah, if your parents think otherwise, like they don't deserve to have you. And I, and it's hard it is, yeah. it will be hard. It will be, I can't prepare you for like the pain that you're going to feel
1: Yeah. like when that happens, yeah. but
0: you know, it's going to be a relief,
1: like yeah. a I relief think, that
0: you, you, you probably wouldn't even know that you needed.
1: Yeah. I don't, no matter what happens, you know, no matter what their reaction is, I know that me coming out to them is the right thing to do for myself and for them. You know, even if mm-hmm. they, you know, put their heels down and say, absolutely not. And things blow up and I never talk to them again. Yeah.
0: Look they, where you are.
1: Like they'll like, I'll, I know I'll be okay. And it's good for me because I don't need to deal with, you know, that sort of, you know, negativity in my life anymore, but it's mm-hmm. also, you know, good for them in that, it's going to like break things down and be like, hey, this is real and it is close to you. This is not, you know, something that you can speak of in nebulous terms. And you're going to have to face the fact that you as a parent were not able to do this for your child when, you know, so much of like Christianity revolves around like raising up a good child. So it's, like a moment of, you're going to have to confront this family. You're going to have to, it's going to force you to examine yourselves and maybe it's going to, you know, cause them to dig into, you know, dig their heels into the dirt even deeper, or maybe it's going to, you know, be a, a ping moment where they're going to have to um, look, look at their beliefs. I, I don't know, but I do know that it, it'll, it'll be the right decision. Yeah. It'll be the right thing when, once it happens.
0: Yeah. And look what, yeah. look what you've done. Like, look, <laughs> look where you are. Like, I'm so proud of you. Like, mm-hmm. not just like the coming out part, obviously. Like, that. I'm so proud that you came out and like you found yourself, you know. But everything like that I've seen you in, whether it was the Seagull at East- Eastern when I saw it, like mm-hmm. from Chekhov, like that was one of the best plays oh, I've ever seen. That one it was, was
1: like, so intense. I love doing that show, but I was like, oh, this
0: is yeah. exhausting. But also like Open Jar, ACTF. Sing, mm-hmm. You sing, you <laughs> sing. Oh my God! Like you sing like an angel. Like it's <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> like and then like you know you're fierce, you know. Like it, and now you have came out, and mm-hmm. God knows like where you're gonna go from
1: there. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? <laughs> I. I've, what's his name? Rock Lee? That Naruto taken off the. <laughs> taking off the, the leg weights <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah you know like I was thinking about it you should be on Shang-Chi like I oh think my you... god
1: oh Shang-Chi oh I could have a whole conversation about Shang-Chi I know oh, okay brief tangent about Shang-Chi yeah. I know that some people are still having a lot of conversations around like you know orientalism and overly mystifying East Asian cultures mm-hmm. you know and people are like well you know Shang-Chi you know doesn't take you know this and he's just magical and that's you know promoting bad stereotypes about asia and i'm like yes i agree with those but also we are finally getting an superhero. asian superhero we are showing people that we have interest in this and yes we can critique it absolutely we should critique it but i think we also really have to support it right now
0: mm-hmm. because
1: we're at a turning point in in media and we need to show people that Hi, we're here. Hi, we want to be seen. Hi, you should also see us. Yeah. So everyone, go watch Shang Chi. It is really good. Uh, It is one of the most coherent Marvel movies in a while.
0: Yeah, Um (laughs) I think like like real brief about Shang Chi, and I'm actually gonna post a review about it um, real soon. I, I think it does a really good job of like celebrating like different kinds of Asian culture, like not just like mm-hmm. obviously like, oh, the magical Asian like stereotype, which, you know, yeah. that that's what the Mandarin was, you know, like he was okay. that, you know, uh, Fu Man, like I think Shang-Chi had a relation to like, you know, Fu Manchu back in mm-hmm. the old comic, like the, the old run, like there, yeah. there's like a whole the lot of old. like, the, there's a whole bunch of like, you know, Asian like stereotyping in there. But, oh, like, yeah. I think what's cool about it is, like, it showed a lot of different, like, Asian cultures. Like, there was, like, the East Asia, like, portion of it. But then there's also, mm-hmm. um, like, ancient, like, you know, Chinese, like, folklore. Like, that, mm-hmm. that's a lot of mixing and matching yeah. in there. But then there's also the modern side, which, with, mm-hmm. like, like, literally, like, you know, the Chinese uh, district in San Francisco. Yeah. Being, like, you know, like, this is a modern this is what modern Asian people look like. I think like Mm -hmm. it tells its story representation just a little bit better than Black Panther, which is like strictly Mm -hmm. like very African influence. And there were some parts, I think, where, you know, there was Black Lives Matter, there was, you know, Black Mm -hmm. culture in the United States, but uh, it was more like, you know, African. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I think it's really cool. We get to see like, you know, like these um, African like accents and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. I would have liked to have seen more like, you know, Joe Schmo. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> someone that like you know talks like, and it's not like from this magical land of mm-hmm. Wakanda you yeah know? yeah but like it was still a good movie good representation oh yeah but, it was yeah, really good Love I, I like Panther.
1: both you know both of those you know everyone could endlessly critique you oh, know yeah. and any sort of you know movie but you know yeah it's 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 important to show people that we have an interest in these things. Like I was also like when God, like a month ago, people were like going on about like um, Lin-Manuel Miranda talking about oh. a lack of Afro-Latino representation. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, no, that, that's true. There definitely should be Afro-Latino people in this movie and it's okay to be mad about it. And there's other things that Lin-Manuel Miranda has done that are you know not super cool, but we can't deny that he has really paved a path for you know, uh, oh, this is a, a nice term that uh, uh, Rico, uh, a castmate from uh, from Seattle Shakespeare, uh, the global majority, uh, yeah. which <laughs> that's what it is. And you know, trying to yeah. reprogram myself to be like, uh, you know, a minority, like uh, yeah. in <laughs> in this part of the world, but globally, global majority,, mm-hmm. um, where was my point going, oh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, while I have issues with him, has opened up a lot of doors, and it has shown people that we should be heard and we want to be heard. Mm-hmm. And there's more avenues for that now.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and you to
0: see it, yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: And like, it will get better. Like the-, the only way we're going to have more accurate representation is if we get a couple more damn doors open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because, you know, people are like, well, we're just making it palatable for, for white people or for, you know, cis straight people. And it's like, yes, that is true, but we're not going to be able to get a really raw queer or story about a person of color. We're going to have a really hard time getting those out there and like really honestly, really difficult subject matter. It's going to be so hard to get that out there with the audience that's not ready for it like it's frustrating there are issues but we are kind of priming we're priming the next 10 years where we're gonna mm-hmm. see like real good big representation exactly ah yeah that's my shang that's chi lin manuel miranda
0: yeah <laughs> Dan- all of that yeah I, I i'm not familiar i'm not too familiar with the world of shang chi but i want to see you in it so, i want to
1: so. uh, i'd be cool to. I don't do some film work
0: mm-hmm. you can yeah. be uh, simu's uh daughter or Shanti's daughter <laughs> or something
1: yeah yeah yeah. or, yeah. or
0: son you know <gasps> and- cast me <laughs> <laughs> anyway um wayward artist this has been the rewind we are in uh the lightning round questions of the show um they're gonna be different like for the old guest you know <laughs> um i don't know what they are yet we're like i'm just Let's gonna go. like, talk on my ass and we'll just see how what <laughs> sticks but that's kind of what happened for the first time i ever did it like in the first episode of wayward yeah. and wayward worlds like i just um but like you know new guests will get the old questions because you know mm-hmm. we, we want to get to we want we want their opinions about twix
1: you
0: yeah. know oh, yeah all right left so, twix yeah i think that's what you said yeah i'm
1: like 95 percent sure it's left twix yeah. all right
0: um by the way, like, you know, speaking of left Twix, you can go on Patreon and support at the left or right Twix tier, which are yeah. both $5 tiers, and they are exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one's the right Twix and one's the left what Twix. One's the left one. Yeah. Um, one anyway. One's right
1: and the other is right. Um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> MJ, are you ready?
1: I I th- certainly hope so.
0: Okay. Question number one. What is one thing that you did for yourself today? <sighs>
1: I bought basil and tomatoes so I can eat a Caprese in about an hour.
0: Oh, I <laughs> thought I, 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 I was going down the oh, uh, they're making like a tomato soup or something.
1: Nope. I'm making a Caprese salad. Oh, I make okay. a lot of Caprese. So it's not really that much of an event, but it makes me very happy when I just get yeah. to sit down with my salad. What,
0: what, what is a Caprese? Like what's in it?
1: Um, it is uh, like tomato fresh basil, fresh mozzarella. Um, usually people will, you know, toss in some olive oil, some sea salt. I like to throw a little bit of balsamic vinegar in there. It's just like very refreshing, more filling than you'd think because like cheese is in there and it's pretty pretty healthy as far as like yeah tasty things go. As far as things that taste that good, mm-hmm. it's healthy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I had McDonald's. You know,
1: so, <laughs> sometimes um, you got to have them nugs.
0: Yeah. I guess, like, the one thing that I did for myself today was, uh, like I said in the beginning of the show, I bought my ticket to Disneyland.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm going to Avengers Campus. I'm very excited to see Spider Man.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, God, the animatronic that flies around. Oh, that thing's wild.
0: Yeah. Oh. And it's Halloween. <gasps> so it's going to be Halloween themed.
1: You yeah. better imagine. Yeah
0: you know agatha harkness is there like um yeah she's floating around there somewhere (sighs)
1: so
0: i would love to meet agatha and also sid's there you know not just me sid but like Sid (laughs) toy story
1: (laughs) that that, oh god
0: yeah who i named myself after (laughs) Ah!
1: we love to hear it
0: yeah i'm excited to meet my hero (laughs) (laughs) literally like okay i don't know if you saw the tiktoks of it but like it's literally a teenage boy like not not really obviously a teenager because like uh you know
1: can't hire labor it,
0: yeah. labor laws but like he looked, it's just a guy wearing this shirt in jeans oh and God. a shaved head that's it
1: yes <laughs> yes 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 yes, <laughs> the most yes
0: simplest cosplay in the world
1: skull t shirt buzz cut ready
0: yeah he he must be having the time of his life because <sighs> like damn I don't have to put on this ridiculous Mickey Mouse costume every time <laughs> um. Question number two, and the people at home were thinking like, but Sid, you already asked this question a lot. Here's the thing, MJ didn't answer. <laughs> so I'm going to ask them this question. MJ, mm-hmm. what is a song that describes your life right now? Oh, God.
1: Um, I, it, I don't know if it, it's not like a whole song that describes my life right now, but there's a part in the show Ordinary Days Um, In the song, 100 Story Story City, where everyone's like singing, overlapping each other. And I guess this is actually more like my life as of a couple months ago. Um, The song, everyone's singing different things about how they feel like they're stagnating in life and how there's so many things in their way and how I just want all of my obstacles to get out of here, but also life would be so boring without them. Mm -hmm. And... I think, I know that's not like right now because right now I feel like a lot of my obstacles and frustration with stagnation has gone away, but I've had that little chorus bit in my head. I'm like, yeah, I just got out of there.
0: Yeah. What, yeah. What's the song called? Like, is it from a Broadway show?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I actually ever had a Broadway run, but it's an off-Broadway show. It's called Ordinary Days um, by Adam Guan that song in particular is called 100 Story City it's really good also you right after this should listen to i'll be here from ordinary days if you haven't already okay. um it's freaking beautiful song
0: nice we will feature that song in the playlist wayward songs for wayward <laughs> artists where you can listen to everyone's songs even from the wayward world the wayward artists in the wayward world days like every song that describes their lives right now mm-hmm. um, It's fun. It's a hodgepodge. There's a lot of weirdos in there. I haven't updated it. I'm very bad at updating it, but I'll update it soon. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Question number three. Um, What's one piece of advice you want to give somebody right now? Hmm. Just anything. Like it doesn't even need to be like inspirational if you don't, if you can't think of it.
1: Chop off all your hair.
0: Chop off all your hair.
1: Just try it do that crazy haircut you've been wanting to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's good. Okay. So I had a buzz cut for a while. And the reason I had a buzz cut is because during the rehearsals of Heathers, I was making jokes about how I'm going to cut all my hair off because I started shaving the sides down shorter and we're like, ha ha ha. I'm just going to buzz all my hair off. And then after closing night, I went back to my apartment, ate some cocoa puffs, grabbed my like clippers and shaved off all my hair, then went to the cast party. Um, and I kept a buzz cut for like a good year or so and the only reason I don't still have a buzz cut is because they needed some options <laughs> for theater to like do stuff to my hair. So mm-hmm. yeah, my advice just to everyone just do that wild haircut you've been wanting to do just do it.
0: Yeah, first of all your hair is amazing. Tanks. Like it's <laughs> thick and luscious. Like mine is, but like it's also it's getting pretty heavy. Like I really want, mm-hmm. I need like volume. Like that's what I'm kind of known for. But this is the yeah. longest that my hair has ever been. Yeah, that's and, been it's long. Yeah, it's it's gonna stay that way. I'm gonna see how long this baby can grow.
1: Yeah,
0: I shaved the sides because like again, you know, we talked about RuPaul a lot because I'm watching it now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a guy in um, Crystal Method, uh, mm. who out of drag has a uh, a mullet that looks <gasps> like a uh, um you know, I I can't, yes. I, I can't remember the, uh, the artist's name, you know, feel the beat mm-hmm. of the rhythm of the night. Dun, dun, oh dun, dun, dun. yeah. Oh, the barge. Yeah. yeah the barge. Ah. Be the I can't, yeah. I can't remember the name, but <laughs> it, that's what it looks like. I was like, dang, you know, he really looks really hot in that mullet. The
1: mullet, the mullet is making a comeback. And I know a lot of yeah. people are mad about it, but I love it. I the think queer, really here, here's
0: the thing. They're mad about it because the queer people are pulling it off. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, straight people can't pull it off. Well,
1: Oh yeah, queer we're fashion icons.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: We can, we can, it's not ugly, it's camp.
0: Yeah. Uh he says as he's wearing his Nintendo like graphic t-shirt yeah. and like just joggers, <laughs> fashion icon. <laughs> um, question number four. Um what's the worst thing you've ever
1: eaten? Ooh. The worst thing I've ever eaten. Oh, 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 um, <laughs> fermented soybean natto
0: oh yeah
1: like it's a it's very it's it's uh very popular um in japan it's like fermented soybeans and Mm -hmm. it's apparently super good for you like it's got a lot of you know obviously it's got like probiotics and stuff it's fermented um and i don't know all the health benefits but supposedly it's like just so good for you but it smells it, it oh it's like, like yeast and feet and sour milk. And it's like an kind of odd tannish brownish color. And it's very like, there's like the chunks, like the, the bean. And then there's like strings of goop, like you lift it up and it's just goopy and stringy. And when you chew into it, 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 it feels like chewing on a glue stick.
0: Like <laughs> it has
1: got the, the texture of a glue stick. It like sticks to your teeth, but it's kind of like pulling and it's, Ooh, yeah, I, I, Took like one bite of it. I got about three chews in, almost threw up and had to just spit it out. I, I couldn't, I couldn't. It was, yeah. and also it tasted bad. It tasted how it smelled. Wow. And I know it's really healthy and a lot of people love it. Like it's, it's they love it, but oh God, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I think he, I think it's an acquired taste. I think you gotta yeah. like be raised on it or something.
0: Have you ever watched It's Alive by Brad no. Leone? Yeah, so um, it's on the- um, I forget what it's called. You know, America's test kitchen, uh, mm-hmm. Bradley on, um, he's a really cool guy. He does a show on that channel called it's alive where they mm-hmm. ferment a lot of things uh, like, yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, wow. You know, that's why the show is called it's alive. Cause it's mm-hmm. pr- fermented yeah.
1: Pro- like, yeah, probiotics, all these active cultures. There they go. Yeah.
0: And it's just like, mm-hmm. wow, this is, um, this is kind of a lifestyle that I'm very interested in. <laughs> Maybe I should like buy a, um, Z- one of those like you know air seal bags and like ferment a bunch of stuff like try i can't it. yeah i can't like mm-hmm. a lot of it looks really good like he made mm-hmm. like fermented salsa you know oh, interesting with, like with tomatoes and stuff like that, that. um good. uh I, I can't remember like you, you just brought up mm-hmm. fermentation and i was like I oh, yeah. was, oh um one thing that i did try actually was um i don't know what it's called i forgot mm-hmm. but it's where you take the egg yolk Um, Uh you know, you remove the, you separate the whites and you put it in, like, you put the yolk in a, like a bowl of like salt, you know? Oh Oh, yeah. When they like cure it. Cure it. Yeah. Cured.
1: Cured. Yeah. Cured egg yolks. I've heard about that. I really want to try it.
0: I tried it and it's really good actually. Egg yolks
1: are delicious. Egg egg yolks are like, just like a, a perfect sauce on their own.
0: Yeah, but like, you know, people are kind of freaked out about it. It's like, oh, right, That's right. that's a raw egg yolk you're putting in your salt. And like it 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 absorbs the liquid and <laughs> all this stuff like through the salt. And like, it's you know, not it's bad, it's cured. It, and it's and it's not just salt, like there's spice in there. So mm-hmm. uh put it over. I made a um, what do you call it? Uh pasta ca- carbonara. Oh, carbonara,
1: carbonara. yeah. 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 I, was like, sh- 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 yeah.
0: yeah. I was just like, dang, I'm Mr. Chef here. You wow. Know? I meanwhile i ordered from mcdonald's like you know i've stopped ordering like four t- four days just four times in a week you know hey, like i've stopped that's that.
1: good.
0: you know i ordered it once this week and it was today
1: <laughs> no that's hey that's it's mm-hmm. called progress
0: yes all right it's called and
1: positive change
0: question number five and you know you might think that there's a like i'm asking your opinion but there is a mm-hmm. right answer <laughs>
1: oh god oh no
0: um which is the better M M&M, and M, peanuts or plain? Peanut. Peanut. Now, see that you you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, peanut M and Ms. They're yeah. so good.
0: Yeah, I I'm a plain boy. That, uh, you, you just saw the whole bag. Like, look at this. I
1: I know, yeah. but I'm sorry. It's it's peanut M and Ms. It is peanut M and Ms.
0: Why do you like that abomination?
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's more texturally interesting.
0: You know, I you will know? give it. I will give it to. Um, I had the crispy M&M's. I really really enjoyed those. Um, Have you had the brownie ones? No, I haven't. Because like, yeah, these do taste like brownies actually. (laughs) Like they're chewy like a brownie. So I'm like, how did
1: you you do that? I might have to find those.
0: How do you put the little M's on the (laughs) M&M's?
1: How do they do that?
0: Yeah, they probably have a little printer.
1: I've never, oh my God, you're just like, Opening a door now? I never yeah. thought about how they get the M on the MM.
0: Yeah. And you know, like they asked that question in the Rugrats. Like that's how I remember. It. I'm picturing oh my this God. scene. And I'm gonna
1: have to go find a how it's made so, video.
0: Yeah. So if you want to watch that particular episode of the Rugrats where they mentioned that question, it's the one where Susie Carmichael makes her debut in the Rugrats <laughs> like um universe. <laughs> there you go you know like two two of the movers were just like you know it's the two stoner guys that were always in like the Rugrats and he's like hey what whatever your pace is like, how do you think they got the little m's on the m and like that's the exact
1: line oh my god
0: <laughs> and it's like weird stuff like that yes um speaking of Rugrats have you seen the reboot
1: no I haven't I I didn't really grow up watching it at all
0: really oh wow really oh no,
1: my oh again my parents they were like
0: no babies. Didn't,
1: huh? I, I didn't watch <laughs> Cartoon Network, didn't watch Nick, didn't watch um, Disney Channel. I was raised on PBS and the Discovery Channel, but the Discovery Channel is on thin ice because it taught evolution.
0: Wow. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Religious yeah. trauma, you know. Yeah, them.
1: yeah. My, my parents are literal seven-day creationists.
0: Holy shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, that's fair. I mean, Again, you know, having two cultures and my dad wasn't around mm-hmm. too to like see yeah. most of the stuff that we were watching. So, um, the, uh, I've heard right. that there
1: was a reboot though.
0: There was a reboot. It's interesting. Um, <laughs> not to talk, not to go into it. They, they all the characters' voices like from the original show, like the babies, like they're mm-hmm. the original voice actors. Oh, but wow. not, But not the adults. Hmm. And it's very jarring. <laughs> it's very, very jarring. And then you realize you're like, as an adult, because like I watched Rugrats as an adult and I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I really like the parents. And then like when I actually hear that they're not being voiced by their voice oh. actors, I'm just like, wow, Fragedy. I didn't realize. Well, not just that, but like I didn't realize like such a big element <laughs> of the Rugrats TV show was the parents. <laughs> and like now it seems like their personalities are so weird. They made one of the characters a lesbian when they alluded that like, the fact that she might be a lesbian in the original oh. show because like, you know, she was very feminist, very, mm-hmm butch you know um
1: yeah very queer coded
0: yeah but it was like you know you could have done it better right? guys like yeah you, you didn't have to make her queer you could have made her bi why not like why can't yeah. they where's the bi representation there's like, not a
1: lot of oh my gosh that's a whole other can of worms yeah. by erasure oh my god people bisexual people exist and it's mm-hmm. fine and you gotta stop <gasps> okay yeah
0: Anyway, uh, Wayward Artists this has been the rewind. Uh, catch the catch an episode each and every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, in the meantime, support us on Patreon, Patreon.com/waywardworldpodcast, and follow us on all our social medias. Links in the description. Um, you can catch the show on YouTube and on podcast services everywhere. Anywhere that has anything that has a cast at the end of it, we're there. MJ, uh, any last words?
1: What a good time this has been.
0: Yeah. I, I like this more. I like this more than the first episode that we did. Oh yeah. Today. Um, we, we
1: were still like, you know, in like, you were like still kind of like figuring things out too. Like yeah. and now you're like settled in it.
0: Yeah. This is, look at me. I have like a, a studio.
1: <laughs> yeah. You've got like a nice little setup in the background. You've got like an arm for the microphone and everything.
0: Yeah. A mic. You're like
1: headset. set up.
0: Yeah. I, I'm trying, you know, I, as, <laughs> as someone who is, Uh, The second best podcast in the inland northwest, and uh, nominated for an award (laughs) for inclusion. Like, yeah, I saw that. That was really cool. Yeah, I, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta step it up. You step that pussy Mm -hmm. up, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Again, as RuPaul says in the Mm -hmm. RuPaul's Drag Race show. Anyway, um, yeah, it was a fun time. That's that's how you want. That's the last word you want to say. Yeah,
1: it's a fun time, and chop off all your hair.
0: Chop off all your hair. Yeah, there we go. Uh, on that, just real quick, I agree with you hundred percent. When I shaved my, whenever I shaved my head, I'm just like, wow, this is a freedom that I didn't know I was yeah. like suppressing myself with.
1: Oh my god, yes! Like I just, I just got a haircut today, and I'm like, oh yeah, my scalp is free. free. Yeah, that's how
0: I felt like shaving my sides. You know, mm-hmm. I shaved them this week, so next week when they're like they, they show more hair, like it's mm-hmm. it it kind of gets to like the length that I want it. Um, but yeah. I just you know just shaved the sides who, who gives a shit there's a it pandemic
1: cares. it'll grow back and yeah yeah, and...
0: yeah nobody <laughs> cares what you look like in a pandemic just kidding they do. <laughs> anyway uh wayward artists without further ado it's been real.